Remember, long, long time ago, in a place far, far away, New Year's Eve 2019, just a few short months ago, and yet an eternity ago. Those were the days. We were embarking on a whole new decade and celebrating the one before. We felt like we were in between all of these possibilities. We couldn't wait to see what happened next. Little did we know the nature of those possibilities and how they would quickly, in the next few months, show us just how this whole 2020 thing was going to go. I feel like that even if we could have seen it clearly, we might not have believed it on that night, New Year's Eve 2019. I know I always like to look on the bright side of things, so I would probably maybe listen to that and just think, yeah, I don't know, there's no way it could get that bad. This year, though, has been that bad, quite frankly, and it's changed our worlds forever. And it hasn't been just one defining moment, but it's been a cascade of canceled plans, disruptions, discomfort, revelations, death, division. And I wonder if this place of feeling so frustrated about what has happened after so much hope had been in our hearts might be the same place that the people of Judah felt were when they um, had received these battling words from the two different prophets, Hananiah and Jeremiah. The people of Judah were midway between two really devastating times. The initial invasion um, from Babylon of 597 BCE, and, and that they, so they were between that and the horrific plundering by the Babylonians that happened later in 587 BCE. And in the midst of this space, Hananiah was telling them that everything was going to be okay. So that they should fight and know that God was on their side and God was going to deliver them and that they would have exactly what they wanted and everything was going to be okay. Jeremiah, on the other hand, had a different message. Jeremiah did not sugarcoat things. Good prophets don't. That's why they're typically disliked. They tell the truth that God has inspired in them, regardless of how that is received. But Jeremiah told the people um, in our passage this morning and in the subsequent verses after our passage this morning that they were to make the best of what they had been given. Not the lives that they had hoped for or the lives that they felt like they signed up for or even the lives that they thought they deserved. But he told them to build houses and plant gardens and to live through the journey that they had been given. Hananiah had the message that people wanted to hear. That everything was going to be fine. That victory would be theirs. That things would be the same again and very soon. But he was wrong. And his message gave false hope. And it did nothing to prepare the people for what was actually going to transpire. Jeremiah gave a message that no one wanted to hear. And yet it was the message that actually helped the people move forward. And helped them embrace the lives that they had right then. 
We are no different from the people of ancient Judah. If it does not include good news that seems to prosper us and alleviate our stress and hardships, we do not really want to hear it that much. Let's be honest. Like I said before, if we'd heard on that New Year's Eve what was actually going to happen in 2020, would we have believed it or would we have just said, you know what, we're just going to go forward and be excited about this next decade? Our message throughout our readings today tell similar stories. You have a life before you that you may not that may not seem exactly as you had imagined, but God is with you. You were not immersed in grace to ignore it and live in selfishness and sin. You were given this good news to share it regardless of circumstances. You are called to this place, to this time, because it is where you are. This is the holy now. Paul, in his message to the Christians in Rome, talked about sin not to instill guilt in the people, but to remind them who they really are on the inside and what they were made to do. They needed to get out of their religious headspace and stop the cycle of, of sin and guilt and frustration and instead live in the spirit of God and the reality of that both and grace daily. It's so easy to get caught up and overwhelmed in the rules. But Paul reminded them that these gifts that they are given by the Spirit, not by the rules that they attain to, but by the Spirit and grace of God, is how they are to move in the world. Jesus, too, reminds us that even the smallest acts of love and mercy are messages of God's love. In the first century, we know that that family identity was everything. And there was not a lot of this rugged individualism. In fact, it didn't really exist at all. So uh, if you were to welcome and to show kindness to one person, uh, that would be like showing kindness and hospitality to all of those that they're connected to, to their, to their whole family group, to their whole, to their whole group that they belong to and identify with. And Jesus even took it one step forward in the gospel and says to show kindness and welcome to someone made in the image of God is as if you are doing it for God. In that way of understanding, when we show hospitality and kindness to others, even when they are different from us, even when it is uncomfortable to do so, we show hospitality and kindness to God. This weekend is Pride Weekend normally, when we have our Pride events and where we're able to celebrate all of God's children and the gift that the LGBTQ plus community is to the world. And when we are able to offer kindness and hospitality to anyone in the LGBTQ plus community, we welcome all and God. We're in the midst right now of an important awakening surrounding the systemic racism that is woven into the fabric of our country. When we work for justice and equality, when we have friends of different races and ethnicities, when we change our minds and admit that we were were wrong, when we open our hearts to new ideas and ways of being, we proclaim with our life that we belong to each other and to God. We welcome all. When we're able to stop 
dehumanizing one another for our political persuasions and choose to live in peace and work toward reconciliation, throwing out the the, the divisions and the polarizing rhetoric that has been shoved in our faces, rejecting it and saying, in the name of Jesus, get away from me. Because I know that there is no Gentile or Jew. There is no male or female. There is no uh, slave or free. There is no Democrat or Republican. We belong to each other. And when we walk in the world that way and welcome one another, even when it is difficult, we welcome God. This may not always be the message that we want to hear, but it is where we are. It is who we are. It is the holy now. This is all so crucial to our world right now that we find ourselves in in 2020. These acts of love and solidarity and justice and kindness and inclusion, it's crucial. A friend of mine that I grew up with, he now lives and works um, as a nurse in a hospital in Nampa, Idaho. And one of his friends from work and her spouse adopted three black children. They were blood siblings of different ages. Last week, as the kids were taking a walk with their grandparents in the Treasure Valley there of Idaho, a vehicle pulled up alongside of them. The person inside screamed racial slurs at these children and their white grandparents, and he threw a brick at them. The brick hit the middle daughter, age six, in the head. She is now chemically sedated in the pediatric ICU. Her name is Jordan, and she is a first grader, and she has a massive head contusion. And while they didn't initially see a brain breed, she has a great deal of swelling and has had seizures and remains in the ICU. Our world is broken. A sane, kind, loving world does not include a grown person throwing a brick at a child's head for the color of their skin. We would rather live in a world where we didn't have to see all of these things where the deep hate and distress in people was hidden below the surface. We don't want this kind of world. But 2020 has laid bare things that we have been ignoring for a long time. And it's uncomfortable. And we hate it. But we can no longer pretend that they do not exist. 2020 is not the year we wanted. But 2020 is where we are. It is the holy now. We can't wave a magic wand and heal all the world's hurts, but we can be honest about them. 
We can build our houses here and plant our gardens and tell the truth and give out glasses of cool water one person at a time to people made in the image of God and resist the sin of keeping our heads in the sand and trying to pretend that everything is going to work out the way we want it to and instead trust the Spirit of God to stand up and work toward the future that God has intended. We live in the holy now even if we didn't sign up for it even if we resisted being here, even if this is the very last place we wanted to be, God has called us, us, to this place here and to this time now to proclaim the grace, goodness, and love of God. Amen.